You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Great. So I'm here with Dmitry Samarov, um, visual artist, writer, um, podcast host, all kinds of different cool things. Um, <laughs> I've been, been wanting to have him on for a while now. So uh, Dmitry, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks. Thanks very much for having me, Kyler. Absolutely. So um, we have a mutual friend, Mallory Smart. That's how I first heard about you. Um, mm -hmm. Mallory was on our podcast a while back with her uh, with her book. Uh, but I guess, I guess before I jump into that specific podcast, let's just, maybe you can tell, um, the listeners, um, you know, kind of what you do and, and what your area's <laughs> spe your specialty is. I don't, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to say. I, I, I do a lot of different things. I'm not the best at the elevator pitch kind of thing, <laughs> but I mean, what I've done the longest is various kinds of painting and drawing. And I, I do, uh, oil paintings, collages, drawings, uh, illustrations of various kinds, you know. Yeah. Book covers, record covers, uh a lot a lot of different visual art, but then uh later on uh I got into writing uh as a result of uh be becoming a cab driver, which is mm -hmm. my first job out of art school and that uh eventually led to the publication of a couple of books and now I'm totally and I don't know. I, I can't dig myself out of this writing racket. I can't keep seem to stop making books, even though it's not profitable and it's time consuming. And it's just it's a problem is what it is. But it's like a compulsion. You have to do it. Right. Well, I love them. I yeah. love I love books. And, yeah. and I seem to have now decided that I have to keep making them. No, they're 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 incredible. I got to get a hard copy because um yeah. i've i was looking i've looked through the ones you've sent me and then i was um almost finished up last night with paint by numbers the new one that's oh, coming yeah. up um and I, I like yeah i gotta i'm definitely linking all your stuff like linking your website so people can kind of get a feel uh for your work but i i definitely encourage people to purchase um one of one of your books because uh it's killer right it's great writing first off and then it has yeah it really is and then it has um incredible visuals so i'd imagine like the hard copy of it um it's just got to be you know it's a work of art it's awesome well it's the i'm very very heavily invested in the physical object mm -hmm. of a book basically especially well this new one paint by numbers is going to be a, a paperback uh -huh. it's the first paperback i've actually designed soup to nuts but the the four beforehand are all hardcovers and they're limited edition they have there's a lot of nice detail to yeah. them and a lot of stuff that i spent a lot of time sort of getting just the way i wanted and uh it i mean i've functioned under the philosophy that you do judge books by their covers absolutely <laughs> oh, for sure i do <laughs> and i know for a fact that a lot of people buy my books because of the way they look i don't mm. even know if they read them and i think it's <laughs> the covers are probably the best things about those books <laughs> so yeah you and uh and the, whichever listeners are curious should definitely go and order some yeah uh, so paint by numbers um it's getting close to being ready for for shipment yeah. right 
Yeah, I'm I'm waiting on the printer. I've used the same printer for now. This is the fifth time I've worked with them and they're usually pretty good. But uh yeah, there's all these new uh challenges like paper shortages, mm -hmm. supply chain stuff. But uh, they're based in Michigan, which is not so far from where I live in Chicago. And right. uh once they give me the call, I'm gonna rent a car and drive up there and oh, nice. pick up the boxes. It's kind of my my ritual instead of waiting for shipping and saving a few bucks, I yeah. just rent a car and oh, go up cool. there and pick up the boxes right straight from the source, you know? So it's like tactile, the whole, the whole, the whole process. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's sort of, yeah, this way of making books, it's, I mean, I kind of joke it's that these books are sort of just like elaborate prints with some words mm -hmm. in them, you know, because I sign and number them and I do all this stuff and they they all have a lot of images in them, but, it's brought uh book book making back into the kind of like the visual art realm mm -hmm. where I'm most comfortable. Oh, that's incredible. Um, well, maybe you could tell us, so the paint by numbers, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it was, so is this a, you're, you're in the book. Um, yes. <laughs> and so I was in, like, in some manner, in some yeah. manner. So I'm, I'm, I didn't know for sure. So did this really happen? This kind yes. of situation. Okay, so it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> More, like, I, I I conflated some things and I had to change a lot of names for sure. obvious reasons. If you've read uh, even a part of it, you understand why. Yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, I I've always uh, sort of come from the point of view of you know life is so weird and things happen that there's no reason to make anything up because <laughs> so true. I don't. I never. I mean, prior to the book. Just before this, old style, which is a is a, a bunch of bar stories, yeah, interconnected one, yeah. bar stories. Yeah. Uh, I never even considered fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, I I didn't change names or anything. But with that book, I was dealing with people that were still very much alive, and mm -hmm. I needed plausible deniability and <laughs> to protect the guilty, so, so forth. You know. Yeah. And that's that's where the fiction part of my life has begun now, and with this new one. It's even more important, even though, as I mentioned somewhere in there, I, I don't think the people I'm talking about read that much. Right, so. right. <laughs> That's what that made, that made me chuckle. That was funny. And I'm like, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's it's kind of an angry book in a way. And, and may, maybe it's a little bit of uh, retribution, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to have a little bit of levity, a little bit of fun with it, you know? Yeah. And some at least some of the joke some of the meanness is at my own expense i would guess or that's what i meant that's i think what i intended <laughs> i think no that comes across and it's like um it is it, it is funny like it makes you know it, it definitely made me laugh out loud and um, oh good <laughs> just like the, and, and the beginning is just like i love the beginning how it's like a like a basically a cease and desist um that is uh, with very very few uh the names changed it's it's an actual document yeah that i received and 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 somebody else has commented how badly written it is it's really <laughs> really badly written you know but this is the way that lawyers write or their whoever whatever underling or secretary yeah uh you know they're they're, they're not consulting the chicago manual of style or <laughs> strunk and white you know when they're composing these things it's really bad <laughs> they just want to scare you. That's like the ultimate. <laughs> it works, and, and it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, 
I bet. No, that's yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I did read um, most of old style too. And I, okay. I, I love that one. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and you got a bunch of them. So um, I have five, five of them, right? Is those are the, are those the only ones you, I mean, that's a lot. So I'm not saying it's. Yeah. More. Well, the, the, there were two books before uh, uh, that were published by other people. The first, my very first book came out in 2011. It was called Hack Stories from a Chicago Cab. Mm-hmm. And the second was a, a, another uh, book about cab driving uh, put out by a horrible local press that whose name I don't even use anymore because it's run <laughs> by a crook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did eventually was uh, combine and rewrite those two books. And those com- uh, comprise that book, All Hack, which I think you have. Yeah, uh, it, mm-hmm. the, the the book of cab stories. Yeah. So depending on how you count it, I've either written seven books or or five books. It depends. <laughs> I mean, still super impressive. And it's like it is interesting because I I mean, Jonathan Ames is one of my favorite writers, and it, it, he uh, was he was a cab driver. True. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just so interesting. Like um, and then I don't know. Well, no, you yeah, we we've talked about Bruce Wagner before already, and how he was yes. a he was like a, a limo driver. Um, right, which is referenced in that in that David Cronenberg movie based based yep. on his writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like it's just so interesting how I think if um, a writer gets behind the wheel, how many like characters they can pull from, just seeing all the different people that come through their their door uh, on any given day. I mean, it just seems like that's just prime material <laughs> to pull it's, from. It's, it's an amazing place to be a fly on the wall. Uh, and it, I mean, I've said this many times, but it like, it made me into a writer because I mm-hmm. had to write down the things that were happening and that was hearing and seeing. Right. Uh, which I'd never, I'd never had any ambition to earlier in life, but yeah, it just had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, unless the, the people want to like, talk to you it's like you're kind of just you're invisible i would imagine to so many people who hop in the cab and you hear overhear conversations and yeah you're um, not a per- you're not actually a full-fledged person no <laughs> which which i mean a lot of drivers would take exception to and get angry about but i found uh freeing mm. liberating because i i didn't want to be a person to them anyways i want right. to me it was like they were performing for me in the like a little theater oh i love that i was the audience you know? I love that. Um, <laughs> that's so interesting. Uh, how about you? So you you live in Chicago. Are you from yes. Are you from Chicago? No, I'm uh, originally from Moscow, USSR. My family moved there. Uh, moved to the Boston area when I was seven, about okay. in 1978. Uh, I have a book that kind of kind of touches on some of that stuff called Soviet Stamps. Okay, uh, it's another. These books, I mean, they all came kind of in a rush in mm-hmm. a way because there was a backlog of material after my second book came out. There's various difficulties and changes in the publishing industry and my inability to get an agent or anybody to answer, you know, queries. I, sure. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> which eventually kind of pushed me into self in this weird self-publishing mm-hmm. area that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's a, it's freeing in a way, especially if you have like, you're combining all of your, like your visual arts, you know what I mean? Like, so I think, um, you get to put everything you want into it, which is, which is so cool where if you, if you did have like a, you know, a publisher that they can be very, um, 
you know, supportive, but from what I hear at the same time, you know, they, they want their business. They're ultimately there to, to make profit. And so if they, yeah, you know, if it costs, even if they like what you did, but it's like, oh, we can't have this color. Like I have a friend who writes nonfiction um, mm. books about 1960s uh, sitcoms. That's his kind of mm. like his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and he's always like fighting to get like color, his color pictures in the book. Um, yeah. Cause it's mostly black and white, but it's just, you know, He's like, we'll give you, we'll give you 10 color pictures and that's it. And, you know, he's like, okay, fine. Well, um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a money, money question, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the aesthetics of it. And also the kind of, I mean, the, the cool thing about doing it all yourself is uh, a lot of this mystery that surrounds book publishing. Uh, I mean, reveals itself to just be hollow. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. Mm. all these delays and why it takes, you know, two years for a book to come out after you sign a contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There are decisions made that the writer is not privy to or not consulted about. Uh, They have their own ideas and you just, you throw it, you throw your manuscripts to them and then you just wait. Yeah. And uh, that was always tremendously frustrating to me. Uh, And, uh, the thing is that, yeah, I've heard many, many nightmare stories from writers, even dealing with major, major publishers and how, how badly they can be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if if you can get that, <laughs> that aspect out of it, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crap load of work, the, yeah. what I do and the way I do it. And uh, my, my big quandary really is really getting things out there and distribution because I'm not, my books are not distributed by anyone except right. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I have to sort of reach out and cold call people like yourself yeah. to get the word to get the word <laughs> out there any way I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's. I mean, that's that's what I, even like I talk to people who are on, um, you know, small small pub- publishers or even even big ones for that matter, and it's like um, they they're. I don't know how it was in the past, but it seems like a lot of the publicity is really kind of on their shoulders. So, um, yeah, book book tours essentially are a thing of the past, Um, you know, extensive ones at least. And, um, you know, I've had authors who have big books coming out or big publish, you know, on big publishers or they're like a little a little fish in the big publishing world. Um, But they reach out, you know, just same Mm -hmm. way. So it's like they're they're trying to get their their book not buried underneath you know the next uh <laughs> lee child or, or james patterson <laughs> and then yeah it seems like uh even the, the 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 publicity push lasts like a couple of weeks or whatever mm-hmm. and then it's over and like yep. your your book that you've worked on for a year or five years or 10 years is yeah. just gone i like uh... it's not important they've moved on to the next thing except that that's not how art or books work. No, <laughs> no, it's got to I mean, I felt so bad. There was an author I talked to um, and it was her book came out the weekend, the pandemic or the, the week mm. the pandemic hit. So I think it was like um, like March 17th or something. Sure. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it, whatever that Tuesday was and it came out and yeah. it just was like she was, you know, she'd worked for years on this book and, and then just kind of like you know no one's no one's thinking about that right now so it was you know kind of kind of rough and i oh it it was a great book too so um, well yeah the the 
I don't know if it's silver lining or what have you is that they don't go bad. It's not like <laughs> you've gone to the supermarket and you, you buy your grapes and then now they're rotten. Like you can open a book that's, you know, a hundred years old and yeah. it can still be good. <laughs> that's true. Cause even you rediscovered. Like, yeah. yeah. Even like with, you know, even like with film, I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I go back and like, I'll watch movies that I, I liked a lot when I was in my twenties mm -hmm. and some, some hold up, but some yeah. really don't, some really don't. Yeah. And that's it, a really, it's a really dangerous thing to do <laughs> to re revisit old favorites. Like just leave it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that happened to me with like pretty much all of like the John Hughes eighties teen movies. Oh yeah. Th those are horrendous. They, they do not hold up No, on, they on don't multiple do. levels. They're just, they're just awful. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I used to like some of those movies. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> and, I, and you get embarrassed, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it, some things are pegged to a time and place. But uh, uh, I don't think anybody sets out to write a book or make a movie that they think will go bad in a, in a few years <laughs> right. or, or a few weeks. Yeah. No, nobody, that's nobody's ambition no. to just be forgotten, you know, quickly. <laughs> that's be <true>. bad. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of movies, so I got I got to mention the um the podcast you do with Mallory that's called um that horror cast yes uh, and I, I love I love so I've only listened to a couple episodes I listened to the the exorcist episode uh, and then I think I listened to the first one the shine the shining yeah. um so I love the the concept behind it tell us about like what the podcast is and how it came about with Mallory well I I met Mallory also through you know through her other podcast textual healing where mm -hmm. she interviews uh writers and uh I totally, you know, I cold cold called her the same way as with you, but it 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 sort of developed, and this was this was like way in into deep lockdown, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Like a lot of people, she started a podcast during during COVID, you yeah. know, yeah, many many yeah, pe yeah mm -hmm. many people did, um, uh, and uh, but we kept talking for whatever reason, and she. Uh, I, I ended up doing uh, designing the cover for her book uh, and uh, she told she mentioned this idea that she like she's a huge fan of horror movies and mm -hmm. she wanted to start a podcast and we just tried it and it went from there. And so she's it, it's 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 her baby more than mine, mm -hmm. that podcast. But uh, we uh, we post episodes every other week, usually. And just alternate uh, choices, and she picks one, I pick one. And oftentimes we go on weird tangents that have nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> uh, and we we have very different tastes, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I broad broad strokes. I think she's kind of more mainstream. I'm more like esoteric or out there. Yeah, I, I try to stump her with stuff. I try to get the weirdest, most obscure thing that I can think of. Uh -huh. And it's fun. And the other fun thing, part of our dynamic, I think, is that we're so far apart in age. I mean, she's 31. I'm 51. Uh -huh. So we, we come at it from very different perspectives. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great, that's a good, like, combination, definitely. I mean, I, I liked how you guys kind of bounce, like, you play off each other. It's it's a definitely, it's worth a, it's worth listening to um for sure so i mean there's a, there's quite a few episodes now as well yeah, right? we're, yeah. We're, we're over a year i mean we i think we started in june of last year i think it's june april uh, may or june of last year so yeah there's quite a few 
Yeah, very cool. And then you also have your own podcast called uh, Who Who, who, you, who know. you Know. Who, who You Know. know. Yeah. <laughs> and that um, one, uh, yeah, that, that's a different thing. Yeah, it's it's sort of I I've been messing around with a podcast since like 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it, so it used to be called Blather. Uh, that this podcast uh-huh. and what what it was was basically uh, a turn on a tape recorder when I was doing an uh, an article because I, I do a lot of reviews of very like book reviews, art mm-hmm. reviews, movie reviews. So if I was interviewing somebody, I'm not a note taker, uh, you know. And I came to writing late. I don't know how to do any of that journalist stuff. Yeah, not the traditional way. I've never even taken a you know a writing class. So it's much simpler just to record somebody and then either transcribe or, you know, take out pieces for the right. writing. So I used that. Uh, I also early on had another friend that I tried to do a movie thing with. And then there's just random bits of audio where I'm reading either my own writing or something that I liked that I was mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. So it's just this kind of like hodgepodge of audio I was playing around with but earlier this year i decided to make it a more regular thing and just do more long form interviews with creative people mm-hmm. uh, so i have a lot of musicians uh some writers couple of couple two three uh, artists i actually don't know that many artists but <laughs> and and they're kind of often arrogant and, and inward and, <laughs> and not talkative, which, you know, I speak from experience, Yeah. but <laughs> so it's been fun. I, I've, I've actually, yeah. So now I post once a week on Wednesdays uh, mm. and it's, it's been real interesting. Uh, it's been an education. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I think, um, I, as I, a friend, <laughs> a friend said that I found yet another thing not not that takes a lot of time and that I won't make money on. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh that's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. So, how did you end up in Chicago? Uh, I ended up in Chicago because uh, for art school, I mm. went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, but. Uh, I started in the winter of 1990, uh, and I transferred from Parsons School of Design in New York, where I, I spent my first unhappy semester of, of college. Uh, uh, New York was all right, but uh, I knew within a couple of weeks that I needed to get out of that school. Mm. And uh, the Art Institute let me transfer in the middle of freshman year, and that's that's how I ended up here. Oh, that's great. Um, and then you just, you just decided to, to stick around. How's that? I've never actually been to Chicago. Um, and that was kind of cool talking to Mallory just about, mm. you know, someone who's you either lived there a long time or she's from there, I believe. Um, yeah, she's from the burbs. Yeah. Right. So it just, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like any city is, has, you know, there's a perception of it. Um, yeah. and I could never like, I could never like pin cause I haven't been there. So I can never like quite like get a hold of what the perception is of Chicago. So maybe like, um, <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. it, it's kind of all over. I mean, I think Ferris Bueller and what, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> but, um, ha, so when you moved there, um, mm-hmm. had you, had you been there before or had you just heard good things about the school or it was just kind of like whatever school would let you switch over and it, it had just all kind of worked out. 
Uh, I, the only time I had been there uh, here before uh, moving was I took I took an Amtrak from Boston where where I grew up uh, with my slides because back then you had slides mm -hmm. uh, to show for like a college and you know admission thing. Right. So I, I I visited the school and stayed with a family friend downtown. Uh, I didn't know anybody here. Uh, I don't know what I what I knew about Chicago. I knew maybe from a couple of movies and from uh, Nelson Algren books. Mm -hmm. Do you know that writer? No, Nelson I don't. Nelson Algren. No. Uh, he wrote his most famous book is uh, called Man with a Golden Arm that got turned into. Uh, a not very good movie with Frank Sinatra and uh -huh. Kim Novak. It's, okay. it's actually an interesting movie, but it has very little to do with the city, with the book. Uh -huh. uh, it's a Hollywood, you know, it's a directed by Otto Preminger. Uh -huh. uh, it's, it's an interesting movie. It's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by, uh, was it? I think it's Elmer Bernstein. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, so good movie, but uh, he wrote, uh, so, Nelson Algren sort of documented uh, kind of down and out types and, and losers and various ethnic uh, populations in Chicago. And it was kind of, he was a guy that was uh, sort of snake bitten a lot by some, somewhat by his own kind of, you know, he had a, a way of undermining himself, but he also, uh, was uh, affected by by the red scare and other other things going on in the culture at the time and sort of didn't get his due or has been forgotten in a way uh yeah so so Sounds i had an old old older friend and when i was in high school and i worked at a cool movie theater and he introduced me to all this weird uh sort of forgotten or ignored culture including mm -hmm. nelson algren but so nelson algren was one of my uh introductions to chicago nice i gotta check that out um and it is a, it is cool like when you're younger you always you know it, it seems like there's always like this person that is a little bit older than you that kind mm -hmm. of turns you whether it's a sibling or just someone you end up working with they turn you on to like you know honestly it could change like you know change your life as, as far as like the stuff that you're bringing into it because one one artist leads to another and then another yes. and then you go back and it's like you're just down this rabbit hole that you never escape until you die yeah um, there's uh yeah you need that and i'm i'm the oldest in my family so i don't have the luxury of an <laughs> a cool older sibling uh, so you were the I, you were the cool you were the cool older sibling that had that. i was the older sibling <laughs> i don't know that my one brother that i grew up with uh would would say i was cool <laughs> we didn't get along so well uh i was not i was not a nice older brother <laughs> but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I think I failed in that uh, regard, but I did get to meet uh, on primarily on this job at this this movie theater, this uh, kind of group of older people. I think they would have been in their late twenties, early thirties, mm -hmm. and I, I would have been like a you know a junior in high school uh, that were into all kinds of art and movies and music. And this was the eighties when when you know nothing mainstream was any good like you had to right. really dig uh, yeah we didn't have the internet and we didn't have you know like the word alternative was not a thing yet right. you, know? yeah. you had to really dig to find anything that was worth it with worth squat you know yeah in the 80s 
Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's so true. It's like, um, I mean, I was, I was a little kid in the eighties. I'm, I'm, so I think I'm about 10 years. I'm 41. Okay. Yeah. You're um, 10 years younger than I'm me. 10 years yeah. younger. And I think, um, so I kind of got a little bit of both of those worlds, you know, a tail end as I was kind of coming into, um, you know, being 12, 13, mm-hmm. there's still not really access to finding stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think I was talking to an older guy. He is where he works in a, it's kind of just a hodgepodge store in in uh, Los Angeles, and it was just mm-hmm. a tiny little hole in the wall. They like make their own T-shirt. It's kind of like a you know yeah. punk punk rock aesthetic. Sure, yeah. But he was telling me, so he's got to be at least like I'm at least sixty years old. And sure, we were just talking about zines and how for him that was like his his lifeline to like know what was happening out in the Absolutely. rest of the country. So like always kind of like. Yeah, and that's how people like connected and bands like figured out the best route for touring and just you know different vent like what venue isn't good. So I think um, it is just amazing how like the amount of um, effort like it just seems like I don't know. Here's a here's a question for you: Do you think like um, do you think art has perceive less value now that it's so easy and so quick to find something and everything is just like content, 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 like give me more, more, more. Um, whereas you had to like really dig and work, um, and to get the stuff that you liked mm-hmm. and, and you had, and maybe like you gave it like a real solid chance because it was so much effort to get an obscure book or, or find an old, you know, VHS. Well- yeah, that's a tough question because there are so many art worlds. Like the sure. big blue chip art world, to me, as far as I understand it, is just a way for very rich people to avoid paying taxes <laughs> and to scam and to scam one another. Mm-hmm. Because uh, these millions and millions of dollars change hands, uh, you know, behind these pieces. They're basically real life NFTs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and it's it's funny. I've actually been reading about how the, the all the a lot of the crypto people have discovered the art world. Oh wow! Recently, because <laughs> because it's this it's even better than than Bitcoin because you can assign any value to a piece of art, mm-hmm. really, and all you have to do is get two people to put their ass on the scale, even more than a thumb, you know, and and then take it off, and suddenly it's worthless, right? Uh it's it's complete chaos but it's a great great way to hide money from the tax man you know it's an amazing way to do that uh, no that that's so funny you say that because <laughs> I, I just finished a book I, I forget the title it's um it just came out the guy who's the editor in chief of uh crime reads for lit hub mm. um uh i think his name's dwyer murphy but he wrote a book like it's a noir and it's like okay. it's exactly that so it's like yeah. it's like um it, not with like like visual art but with like book collecting sure yeah and um it's just it's amazing so that's what like i don't want to spoil the book but there is that whole element of like tax evasion and people collecting and they don't really give a shit about um and yeah i mean incredibly creative uh like you were just you were telling me before we came on about your am sad amazon scam experience but yeah <laughs> uh you know the the ways that these people invent a scam one another and other, you know i mean they they sell the same thing to multiple people you know without sight unseen right a lot of these sales go on, are, are on instagram now uh and other uh, you know social media platforms yeah so what's interesting 
I mean, this is a much bigger can of worms that you've opened with that question. <laughs> but uh, to me, like what's heartening is I, I go, you know, I'm really, really into music. Music is a really big thing for me. And I like I went to see this the, this night of like these teenager bands and hmm. they in the merch area, they have zines. They're making zines like oh, that's cool. Yeah. Actual zines, not on a computer like the way I made them, uh -huh. you know, at basically at whatever version of Kinko's still exists, cut and pasted. Yeah. And that that whole aesthetic is they love that because it's tangible and it's so the opposite of of what they've had their whole life, which yeah. is the the internet mm -hmm. where you can't touch anything and yeah, I think there's a, a real hunger or yearning for, for that kind of immediate experience. Yeah. And it's very funny to see it like like a 16-year-old make a thing that I know from <laughs> when I was 16, which is a very long time ago. You uh, know? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that is – it's so true because like at my local library, they have like a whole – like a small little zine section and a box where it's like you put your – you know, put your zine yeah. in here and we'll review it and we'll – like put it out for um you know for people to check out and then they there i didn't get the chance to go to it i was out of town but there was an entire zine fest here yeah um, and i was like whoa that's pretty cool that's pretty amazing that that's um yep that, they yeah, still go great. on i'm 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 gonna i got invited to be part of one in kansas of all places oh wow so going to, in september i'm going to lawrence kansas i'm gonna have a little table that's awesome and sell books and other my all my other crap that that's, i have <laughs> oh that's so cool um yeah that is an encouraging thing i mean i'm a, I'm a high school teacher so i uh you know that age group i'm i'm with 16 to 18 year olds um yeah and they get like you know it's like my classroom is kind of like an old like it's like an antique shop with just like just a lot of old yeah. junk and we got a couple of record players in there and just like how they kind of lose lose their minds when they i teach them how to like run a, a a record player how to put it on and they're just like i think they yeah. they just they're just hungry for something tangible because they grew up with with stuff that's not tangible you know um so like yeah. the cool the cool kid i mean the, the kids that are interesting and and want to challenge themselves they're like really into that stuff so it is really incredible to see that um that it's still there oh oh yeah for sure I, and i mean you know i've spent my whole life making all this stuff and I can't seem to stop making it. So, yeah. And yeah, you know, there is an audience. I mean, it's, you know, many, many people by now have, have artwork that I've made in yeah. their homes and in businesses and all over the place. So that's, you know, that's something. Uh <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's what, yeah. Uh, yeah, in my whole thing, and I've always, always thought of them, whatever form they are, whether it's words or images, it's a kind of communication. So they need to be out there. They're not for me once I'm done with them. Right. They need to live on their own in the world and resonate and speak to other people. Um, yeah. My part is just making them, you know? Yeah. And that's what's so cool, I think, about, I mean, we were mentioning earlier about how, like, the like longevity of of books and you know mm, i think yeah. that that's such a that's so true because it's like a book can you know you never know where it's going to end up i think one of my favorite things to do and probably i would i would bet that you're the same as just kind of like finding a, a used bookstore and just kind of wandering through and 
and looking at old covers and um yep. <laughs> I, I love i love finding old pulp books like that were you know put out in the like 50s and 60s and um there's a couple of bookstores locally that have like a good use section on that stuff so it's nice like i'm all for the algorithm at times but sometimes it's nice to just kind of like shed that and be able to yeah. you know like oh i'm gonna randomly bump into something and 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 give it a shot you know what i mean and i you know i've found stuff that i've loved based off that and then that that opens up a whole other rabbit hole for me to jump down you know based off this new thing that i found randomly absolutely and that's i mean as we're talking about like the kids getting into zines or what have you there's you know there's a resurgence in independent bookstores Mm -hmm. because there's i think it's a similar hunger to have in-person experiences or interactions even even if not with people but with objects right that you can't replicate online no matter what kind of fancy vr helmet you strap on (laughs) you can't you can't uh get that kind of uh the thing of accident the accidental discovery yeah uh, as you were mentioning that you can have in a bookstore no it just has like a lot there's you know there's meaning attached to it and then it's like you remember like where you were and like what it what you know maybe that yeah. day so it's like there's there's a whole personal memory attached to just getting the thing um which whereas can, yeah uh the internet erases all those connections and it flattens everything yeah so yeah you get this weird thing of so much uh you know books music whatever by younger people seem you can't tell the combination of things of where it's sourced because it all comes from the same place right like as if it all exists on the same plane yeah yeah there's there's, the context is completely gone yeah which i don't know if it's good or bad it just is it just is yeah 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 uh i mean it's great that we have access you know to the greatest library ever assembled yeah like uh but to you still need somebody to make sense of it and put like which cart became it came before which horse and all that right <laughs> right yeah yeah no very true i heard um this just made me reminded me of a thing i read uh chuck polinick's book on writing um which i highly recommend um for anyone who you know it's just a just a good read if, even if you aren't a writer but it's a you know especially if you you're writing it's, it has some great um, advice in it but he he throws in a lot of like just personal stories obviously and one of it he was talking to somebody who um was pretty high up in the the bookstore chain borders which is no long no longer around yeah um but they had they had had this like prototype of a thing they were very excited about where it was like uh it was kind of like the maybe the size of like an apple store where it's like much smaller than a, the borders because they were, those were yeah. pretty decent size so much yeah. smaller and they'd have author events but what they would do is they would um stream in the author so the author wasn't actually there and then sure. they had yeah. then they had like a thing um you know what are they what do they call those like the politicians use a lot where they it's it's science oh, the, for them oh the the teleprompter you mean or not that or it, what no no, no no it actually like signs their their phys- so they have their signatures like encoded in this like little robot oh thing yeah like yeah i know what you, yeah i don't know what that's called i, I know forget. what you mean yeah. um but anyway so they had this thing where it was like you would it's go like a robot it's like a robot arm that it's like a robot arm yeah and so yeah. people would come up and so margaret margaret atwood was a big proponent of this thing that never i thank mm. god did never be yeah. fruition but you would like you'd go up to the screen you'd put your book under this thing 
and yeah, and she would like have a little interaction with you, like sign yeah. it, and it's this robot signing her. Oh, you know, wow. it's like, who wants that? I don't want that. I want the real yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in in a in a certain way, it came true during lockdown with all these Zoom events. You yeah. know, like <laughs> yeah, it's sort of that. I I'm I'm sort of I'm very uh yeah. I, well, like as as you you can tell, I I don't have the video on. I'm mm-hmm. very very disconcerted by the video <laughs> component of these programs. Uh, I I find it really distracting in this kind mm-hmm. of thing where, you know, you see a person trapped in another room or something, and they <laughs> they I just always think of hostage videos that there's something bad is gonna, like somebody with a, like a a sword is going to come. Or, it or, it looks know? like that. I mean, looking at my image in, right now, it's yeah. like bad light, yeah. not great lighting. And it's like, my head's going to get. And, and, uh, second. and <laughs> you, you're actually not, you're not making eye contact with anybody, but maybe yourself sometimes, which right. is not, not a thing. <laughs> Unless you're, you really, really love yourself very much. Uh, and, no, that's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so, that that's why I sort of uh, unless somebody insists, I I yeah. keep the I keep the image off because if anything, it, it makes me yeah, it's 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 disconcerting. Yeah, I was like, when I, <laughs> if some, when someone doesn't put their their video on, I don't, it I don't say anything because I figure they have a reason and I don't need to, you know. I don't need to push anyone into doing something. No, I'm, it's not it's a not deal. a it's not a matter of self consciousness. Like I don't think I'm a hideous monster or anything. <laughs> I mean, like, but it's just I don't think for whatever reason I think just the audio parts of these conversations mm-hmm. work better. I mean, yeah. for me, uh, like the like the 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 show me and Mallory do. We don't we don't use Zoom. We use this uh, this program called Clean Feed. Uh-huh. It just records audio and she, cause she's totally like on the same page yeah. with this. I like that. It, yeah. It's, it, it makes a good recording, but it's kind of fussy. It, like you yeah. need the right browser. You have to have uh, headphones or else it's just a disaster. Like, so it's, I think it's used more for like with professionals or whatever Yeah, for recording. But uh, there's something about this kind of like weird glitchy, like, where the image and the and the audio disconnect as they so often do on yeah. on Zoom, which yeah. I just I just find unnerving, like unnerving, and uh, <laughs> I try not to participate in. But that's kind of what you describe with the the mini the mini border stores, you know? Like yeah, no, it's some, like some it's, some weird brave new world thing that it's I, come... <laughs> I, I I'm not into. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's true. It's like I I you know um I I never use the video. Like it's the audio that I use for yeah for all this. So I have video of most of the authors I've talked to, but um, and then it's just uh, I know some people love like the video complete, but I never sit and watch a podcast. I know there's a lot of like um, I know why I would you? The t- I don't have like, like the time to do that. Like when I listen to podcasts, I'm doing something else, driving exactly. or whatever. That that's the beauty of the the whole medium is mm. that you you can do you can walk around. You can I I listen to them when I bike a lot. Mm-hmm which I guess isn't safe, but who cares? You only live once Uh, (laughs) uh, or while I'm painting or while I'm doing other stuff. Yeah. I listen to them all the time. Uh, How did like some of your older guests, like Bruce Wagner, or Mm -hmm. you had Jerry Stahl on, I think too. Yeah. 
Um, uh, do, do, how do they deal with the video? Do they have problems or <laughs> so? No, like so. Bruce Bruce Wagner actually, um, we did his over the phone. Oh, you did. Um, he, okay. He's like, yeah. we can we can do Zoom, but he's like, what well, is it possible to just do a phone yeah. call? So that was a phone call. Oh, okay. Um, and that that was I actually enjoyed that because it was like, um. Yeah, we're just focusing. You're so you're so right. It's like you you see you're looking at the other person's room and you can't help it. And then you start looking yeah. at yourself. Um, Stahl was in he was video and he was. Um, yeah, he was just on his iPad and he <laughs> was fine with it. But it is funny, like some of the. Um, you know, they I think they're just good, good sports in the sense. It's like, what, eh, whatever, you know, but I I. I would imagine a lot of these people would prefer not to, to do it that yeah. way, but it's just, become... yeah. I mean, I just wonder, I, I, I read, I read a uh, Wagner's book after listening to that, your interview with him, oh, uh, cool. Mar nice, which is amazing, but yeah. like, it's, it's horrendous what happened. <laughs> like, and obviously a lot is not being said about the circumstances of how that happened. Sure. Why, like a, a major writer is not is not publishing his book uh, in a more traditional way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was like <laughs> that was I've never heard of a story quite like that, and it was just, um, you know, pretty incredible. I think by the time he got to me, he was probably he he said it a lot in you know other forms. Yeah. But I think one of the better interviews I've heard of him talking about it was with brett easton ellis on his podcast oh yeah um, and that right was, yeah that was a good one because that was like I, I don't i think the book he had just released it, it like on his website so okay I, i've lost track of the brett easton ellis podcast because it's behind all these paywalls and stuff but, i know uh, i i jump I in kind of, here and there i i, yeah. I, I, I jump in sometimes and i and then i unsubscribe he's and then I, I mean he's exhausting uh he's, he, and he's got so many axes to grind and he, it's so <laughs> uh he's so intellectually dishonest a lot of times <laughs> like and he pleads ignorance you know where he knows exactly what he's doing and how he's provoking people yeah but i find him i find him definitely a, a fascinating fascinating character uh less interested yeah. less interested in what he's actually making which i think has gotten really really bad but he has a so i don't know if you, <laughs> you caught any of the um he was serializing his last um i heard about it i didn't i didn't i didn't and i caught go into it i caught <laughs> some episodes here and there i know i know it's coming out as a book uh next year yeah um, okay they're releasing it so um yeah but, you he, know he, he's a he's an interesting dude he like he definitely yeah. like evokes strong um opinions one way mm -hmm. or the other do you know what i mean yeah. uh which is you know it's interesting for sure um he does yeah i'll have to yeah, I'll I'll send you an email later with um maybe some info on on, on Wagner because he he's a he's one of my favorites. I don't know if you if you've had the chance to read any of his other stuff. I loved I love Dead Stars. That's oh the, that's gosh. the one I yeah. read. Like yeah, and it's funny you know from just your your interview with him talking about the controversy. Yeah, and I mean to me, Dead Stars is way more extreme oh my God. than, than way Marvel more. Universe. I mean, he he crosses so many friggin' lines yeah. in that book, and yeah. it it really made me laugh. Uh, and in like in a sort of in a 
cringe and recoiling kind of way, but he really nails something about this kind of disposable culture. Oh my that, God. That yeah. we're all just, you know, taking mud baths in daily. <laughs> he, he, he gets something uh, about it. Uh, really, really right. Uh, right. He, so he has a new one. He has a new one coming out in November. Um, uh, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, it's called. Will it be in book form, or yeah, will it's it be a, another PDF? It's a no, no. It's a it's a, a publisher's putting it out. So I forget. I forget the name. Is it's not. Um, uh, it starts with a T. It's the same um, publisher that put out that ended up ended up putting out Woody Allen's memoir. Oh, oh. Uh, you mean Skyhorse? Skyhorse. There you go. Yep, oh yeah, Skyhorse. Sky, so he's yeah. put, he's putting it on Skyhorse and. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of his stuff. I've, I've liked everything that I've read of his, so I'm sure I'll like this one, but it, it's a different approach. It's a, it's called roar and it's about an, a fictitious actor, but it's written as an oral biography of the person. Mm. Um, so I'm intrigued. So, um, I'm That's looking cool. forward to that one, but yeah, I like, he, he definitely does like, um, but yeah, dead stars is like, whoa. That's an intense book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very intense. And um, I think that I know we're talking a lot about him right now, but he just, I'm just, I don't think I've met anyone else who's read the book. Like I'm always telling people to read it or read uh, parts of it. And it's which like, one? Mar Mar Marvel universe or dead stars? Any, any of us. Oh. Though. I, I tell him to read Marvel universe. And like, I even gave a couple copies away to people i'm sure they didn't because he they booked soup in los angeles did a little short run of his of it and yeah i tried to i couldn't find a, a physical copy so i just read the pdf the P, then... yeah um i know there's like somebody's putting uh, not associated with him because you know it's public domain but someone put out yeah. um a hard copy of it on amazon yeah. um no i know yeah i well one of my many weird peculiarities is i i don't like I don't use Amazon. <laughs> you're you're better I'm, I'm for fight, it. I'm 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 uh like I'm I fight many many uh, uh <laughs> what are they called uh what these lose these battles that I know I can't win. Uh, David Goliath. Well, no, I guess you're not David no, Goliath because uh, <laughs> you would win. <laughs> uh, you know that Sisyphean whatever. Like I <laughs> I I know. So I don't, I barely use Google. Uh, I'm off social media completely. I was wondering, okay, that was one thing yes. I wanted to ask yeah. you. If you don't oh mind yeah, talking yeah, we can about, talk about that. <laughs> um, I would love to talk about that because I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I, I feel like it's just like, it's not worth it. Do you know what I mean? I feel it's like not. The, the people I who mean, find that, the, my I, website yeah. and the podcast, um, I don't think a lot of it is coming from social media. I think it's just maybe they Googled like I'm, an author and then they, and then my website pops up or whatever. Yeah. I look, I, I don't, I'm also, I'm not a person that tells other people how to live. If you can balance <laughs> your life and you can get some, some pleasure or some value out of social media, good on you, but I couldn't end it. I quit at the beginning of 2015. I had a relationship and, and, it was the ramp up to the 2016 election and uh -huh. I just needed to make, I made a bunch of changes in my life and that was one of them. Uh -huh. And it was like waking up from a, a weird dream. Like suddenly there was, you know, there was the outdoors and I didn't have to keep refreshing this, like uh, this screen yeah, uh, in which there is nothing except <laughs> that for its own need, it creates its own illusion of like necessity and yep. 
uh, this urgency that I'm sorry, like I'm not getting on a plane to fight in Ukraine. It's horrible what's happening, but I can read a considered piece of journalism that somebody took hours, days, weeks and get more out of it than right. this, this breaking headline <laughs> that, that, that ups anxiety and makes me feel powerless. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, broad strokes, that's the effect of social media, uh, you know, on me. <laughs> and I, I feel like it saved my sanity to quit in 2015. And oh, I've, got, I've become a lot, much more productive and, I get stuff out there. I don't know. I can't quantify, you know, I don't know. I don't have followers. Uh, the right. only thing I have like that has that model, which I really, really hate is a newsletter. I write uh -huh. a newsletter every week. So I know, and I've systematically uh, disabled any kind of uh, stat page or whatever that tells me, like, I don't know how many people open the newsletter anymore because mm -hmm. I've disabled that function. Okay. Because all that kind of information, it leads to bad thoughts and envy and it's unproductive, you know, yeah. like it's just horrible. It, it turns everybody into this like competitive, like little hamster, you know, like yeah. that you're running as fast as you can and you're not getting anywhere and you're not, not getting anything done. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I get, yeah, I'm sorry. I get a little no, bit of a, a I, soap, like, soapbox about hey, this stuff, but <laughs> no, that's, I find that inspiring, honestly, because it is like, yeah, at least for me, I get, I get trapped and I don't have like, I get a lot more hits on my, um, like, I don't get a lot of likes on stuff and it's, but I get, mm -hmm. and it's like, but who, like, who cares, whatever. Uh, but yeah. it, but it does, it gets in your head, you know, at least for, you know, me and it's like, oh, why didn't. You know, what's the point of even doing this? Blah blah blah. Yes. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's a lot of negativity, um, yes. and then and then you're conditioned to to feel that it is necessary to have these to have any kind of like, you know, to be found by anyone or, or yeah. And it's actually not because like you, here's a, an example and like, you know, Facebook, which is I think the worst of them all, and I was only on for a few months mm -hmm. because of. Actually, that same ex who I broke up with in 2015, that was her thing. Uh -huh. So I went on there and it just seemed like a portal straight to hell <laughs> after like two months. But, you know, you know, the, like the big function of Facebook for a lot of people is these events and you invite people. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you get all these people that said, oh, I'm going. How mm -hmm. many of those people actually show up to right. your event? Right. What percentage? So, you know, it's like, you know, 10 percent, 5 percent or whatever, like yeah. unless unless you're somebody who's legitimately famous yeah. or popular or you have a thing that's noteworthy. But uh, so then it creates not only expectation, but also, yeah, these bad feelings once you don't get what you're expecting. And, and then I guess the idea is that you change your habits or your approach in order to get that thing. But that's, mm -hmm. that's not how anything worthwhile is ever made. Right. That's not a motivation. Then you're just a marketeer. But for mm -hmm. what, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not a corporation. I'm not like Apple, you know, right. like that's who you're competing with, though. Like on right. like just on the tiny infinitesimal level, everybody's like their own little corporation. Mm -hmm. That's I, even if that's true and it's inescapable, I, I try to eliminate as many of these like kind of. I don't know. I love that, though. I love that, man. I think I, I, I hope to get there. 
at some point. It, it, it takes a lot of work. So like, yeah. you know, like if you're not using Amazon, you got to go straight to a website to buy a thing or right. some other kind of intermediary that's not as evil. Mm -hmm. And look, I mean, I sell books. I looked into it. I, I put my book on Amazon Marketplace like directly uh -huh. and it's it's like death of a thousand cuts <laughs> because what they do is suddenly my books are, you know, they're available in nine countries, but every month, every one of those countries charges me a fee, whether I sell a book or not. And really? that's how they, that's how they kill independent businesses. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there's them, there's, you know, Google that's trying to get inside of every crevice, mental and physical of, you know, that you yeah. have that, yeah, these, so you got, you got to at least attempt to fight back and yeah have these things as a tool rather than like you just doing their own market research for them all the time. That's, I mean, that's ultimately what it is, right? That's so <laughs> yeah. true. And I think like you make a, you make a strong point, like how you, you said you felt like you were more, you, you were more productive after you shed those things. Like you, you got. You yes. Know. Because I, there was hours and hours in the day when I was not refreshing my Twitter feed. Right. You know, I, I also later that year got rid of my smartphone. Nice. I have a, I have a dumb phone. Right on. Um, it's actually <laughs> a fancy. It's like this. People think it's a calculator. It's, it's this cool. It's this cool little thing that this Swiss designer made, but all it does is talk and text. There's not even a camera. Uh -huh. And uh, it cost me twelve dollars a month. That's service, awesome. You know, like, and it's a that. phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I like texting. Actually, texting's. A, I like texting better than talking. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, like I do these podcasts, and I like the podcast. I've never liked phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> so there's you find out all kinds of things about yourself, but you know it works. Uh, yeah. It's it, it's it's a lot of legwork. And, uh, you know, I'm missing out on a lot of convenience. Like, you know, I can't So you know, I'm a former cab driver. I can't take an Uber because I don't have a smartphone. Right. Right. And yeah, the I guess cab, indus cab industry is dead. Yeah. Uh, so every now and then that creates a problem, uh, when I need to get somewhere, but I just get a friend to, to call me one and I give them cash or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's, there's workarounds for all these things. Well, probably the, the amount of time that you save, uh, you know, not having that in your life, any inconvenience, it's like, doesn't even compare to like the time wasted. Um, you know? Yeah. Because I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a tech worker. I'm not a computer programmer. You know, I'm like what I always say, I'm just a dumb painter. <laughs> I, so I, I need to, like, I have paint and paper and glue and, you know, canvas. Those, those are the things that like where I'm like most alive. Mm-hmm. So having something completely inside of this like black hole, you know, it's, and I spend so much time on the computer still, like I've gotten rid of all this stuff. I still yeah. spend every, hours every day you yeah. Know? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that's where the money comes from. Right. You know, all the, all the money, whatever money I make is coming from, <laughs> from the black mirror as they call it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. Very cool. I, I love, I, that's actually inspiring to me. I, I love, I love hearing that. Um, <laughs> that's someone who's been off because you hear people who quit and then they're back on, you know, they have to make a big announcement that they're leaving and then they're back in a month. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of cool they, to talk to someone who's been off for years. They come with a hat in hand, dragging their <laughs> tail back, back to Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I, I write a bit about it. I think I wrote about it in the, 
I have a, this book called Music to My Eyes, which collects music sketches. And the, the one day, the day I decided to turn off Twitter, mm-hmm. and I was at a show, and I did I do sketches uh, when I watch music. And my ritual always was to take a picture with my smartphone and then post it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I I realized I couldn't do that. And I looked around and I realized, you know, I'm in a room full of strangers. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and that's, that's the actual truth of my situation, you know, in a public place. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's ultimately we're all, that's all of us, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, the internet it creates this weird illusion of uh intimacy or closeness, whereas it, it's incredibly it does the opposite more mm-hmm. often than not, is it yeah, it, it drives people apart because you know it's this it's especially evident, you know, after this all these lockdowns, uh, young people that have these newfound kind of cases of anxiety because mm-hmm. they don't know how to interact with people, you know, in meat space in yeah. real life, you know, yeah. <laughs> anymore because they're, they've become unsocialized or desocialized yeah. or whatever. Oh, for sure. Cause they missed that crucial moment in development. That's, that's the people I worry about most after all this is young, young people. Yeah, no, you know? definitely. Yeah. Not me. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, well, change let's change gears so as we kind sure. of as we kind of wrap up here i know you yeah. have a, you have a lot of writing that's available um through different like lit, lit magazines and stuff like um modeling house um you have some stuff up there um anything anything like recent that you that you put up that you're that you would like 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 people to check out or you're especially proud of um <laughs> uh, anything I'll, I'll... I'll set aside the the proud or or shame or whatever <laughs> uh, judgment. Uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let people uh, see for themselves. But I, I I contribute regularly to the Chicago Reader, which is the local alt weekly. Which is like speaking of dinosaurs, the Chicago Reader is maybe the the last alt weekly left in America. You know, like yeah, and it's trying to survive. It's just gone nonprofit, but I contribute book reviews, art reviews, movie reviews, theater reviews to that pretty regularly. So if, if you go on, on the Chicago reader site or follow them on Twitter or what have you, and just, you know, type in my name into the search box, a lot of things will come up. Uh, uh, people can also, as I mentioned earlier, sign up to my newsletter, uh, which is accessible through my website, which is Dimitri And, I post a free one every every single Monday morning. I haven't missed one in I don't know six eight years now. Nice. Uh, and if if they pay me money, they get a second one on Thursday. Uh, so that's that's the most up to date uh, way to keep up with what what I'm at. And there it's it's random stuff. Uh, it's and then there's always there's links to other published things or events or if I have an art show or what have you. So that's a good way to keep up with me. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So the yeah the website is 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 the go to, um, and then it has links to the horror cast, that horror cast. Yep, and um, who you know, which is my my interview podcast, and and my web store where where you can buy books or art or yeah, commission a pet portrait for me, which is 
another way I make money. Oh, I love that. Well, I, I have three dogs. So I might have you to do. Talk. I might have to talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check it. There's, there's a bunch of check, check it out. Yeah. That that's, that's one of my most lucrative rackets. I have to say. <laughs> I love it. Well, people, yeah, we love, we love our pets. So yeah, that's, yes. um, I spend so much money on them. <laughs> I know it's, a, it's like, I'm a tiny, a uh, fraction of the multi-billion dollar industry. <laughs> I, I realize. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, anything else you want to add to me, before we kind of, we wrap up for, for the day? Uh, I don't think so. How, uh, have you always, I wanted to ask you, have you always, uh, lived in Utah? Or... Um, so I grew up in Utah and then you I did. actually, then I lived in Long Beach, California in my, so I oh. hated, I hated growing up here. Uh, uh okay. I, like a lot of teenagers. <laughs> Um, sure. So I, I left. I I lived in Long Beach, California, um, and then I actually lived in Boston. You um, did for a while. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, lived, <laughs> I lived in the North End in um. Oh. Let's say 2005, six. That oh, wow. that time. Um, and then I decided I needed to like figure out what I'm doing with like how to make a living. So I came mm -hmm. back here and finished up school. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, so but I, I spent most of my life in in Utah. Yeah. Ah, in, interesting. Yeah. yeah. A, speaking of yeah, mysterious, mysterious places. It's that, a you know I a... <laughs> I I've come to like have like a like kind of a newfound love of it because it is like it's an odd place, um, and I think when you embrace kind of like just you know I guess anywhere is odd really, but there's some interesting things here um and the city's gotten actually pretty cool over the last 10 years i would say it's it, it's expanded quite a bit so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of cool yeah. stuff going on now where there there really wasn't nearly as much nearly as much when i was growing up um so yeah it's not a bad place and you know that that's cool and you, you seem to be involved a lot of with with the movie scene huh or like yeah so i think because so sun yeah. sundance you know is not right. far, yeah. far sundance is just right here so i'd been going to sundance you know for 20 years just on my own just to go check out films and stuff and um yeah just kind of like slam dance is my i would say it's probably my favorite film festival um, mm. And so that's that's up there every year as well. So I'd always go there, and then I just kind of got a connection through that. And we started talking to I started talking to filmmakers, and that's how the film stuff kind of expanded. So this started as like a li purely literary, like uh, yeah. with with authors, and then and then like through slam dance, especially, it just kind of like ballooned up. And you know, I think a, a lot of what I do is is film stuff now. You know. We're just, it's, just talking to filmmakers cool. yeah. yeah so um you know it's been it's, it, it is fun and it's nice because it, like that we're now getting back to in-person film festivals because there was some mm -hmm. you know the the online ones i will i will say this about the online ones um it, it kind of like diverted my attention more towards short films which i oh, had really? really focused on as much before and i because with most of these festivals you have access um, yeah. To all the short films on demand, um, it, right. not not with the narratives necessarily, but with the short films. So I was watching a lot of short films um, over the last couple of years and finding some really cool stuff, you know, and stuff I would not have like seen yeah. or sought out before. Um, so that that was pretty cool. And so I talked to a lot of short filmmakers, and you know, those are the people who move on to make the features, you know. Yeah, uh, of so course. They start doing that. So. Um, that was one cool thing, but it is nice to go. I went to a festival in LA in June. And so it's nice to like have that in person, uh, you know, 
meeting people is always it's always fun talking to people from you know because these festivals have people from all over the world usually and you can it's really interesting to talk to people um, yeah about their projects so yeah but that's yeah so it just kind of ha- all of this kind of happened organically and then like with a lot of people the podcast came out of going stir crazy on lockdown uh and i just needed i needed like human connection and i wasn't able to get it so i'm like <laughs> i need to talk to people so because <laughs> i'm like last thing we need is another podcast oh my goodness no uh, it's not but... <laughs> true i i'm i'm glad your podcast exists and i i've enjoyed a bunch of the i haven't listened to all of them but i've listened to a bunch of them well thanks for episodes yeah i appreciate that no you do a good job uh it's I mean, it's a weird and it's a still evolving medium, but it's basically oh, yeah. freeform radio. Yeah. You know, it's oh, quite, yeah. And the good thing is, uh, you know, you don't have constraints on time and censorship right. uh, the way you would oftentimes with terrestrial mediums. It is. But, no, it's yeah. true. Because now that I'm doing like the radio show, I have to like kind of jot down if yeah, I, yeah. If, if you, I say, if I swear, someone swears like, you know, I just I jot it down, and then I'm like, okay, I'll come back and cut that out for the for the, uh, ra- I, for the I've radio. Been, I've been trying to police myself. I, I actually think... I, I tend to curse a lot uh, normally, <laughs> but once you said it was radio, I was like, okay, I, I know the rules of radio. I've, I've been on the radio a bunch, uh, so. I think I'll have I, to go. I think I think I think I cursed once or twice, so I'll have to go back. But yeah, I think it's pretty clean. I don't think you're gonna have to cut too much. No, and this is perfect actually too, because now that we're um. Um, I'll probably cut all this out, but we have like, I have some, um, wiggle room with our interview. Cause we did go over a little over an hour. So that's actually oh, perfect. Good. It's perfect. So because and they, they're giving you 45 minutes or. So I get they, 50, yeah. 58 minutes total. Oh, okay. They, cool. They want, yeah. they want 58 minutes. So, um, I'll like this, like our, this podcast, I'll put it up pretty much as is on the podcast and, and then the radio will be. Little, yeah, little little tightly edited up, just to fit the time constraints. But um, no, that's exciting. That yeah. you get to be on the radio, right? And you know, like, this is definitely a function of age. You, you know, people who grew up with with radio, you yeah. get excited like radio oh, yeah. is more it's like a, it's a re, it's more real or is something. It, is, you know? It's true. It's like as it's, if this is not just as real, but like there's something about like authority or like yeah powers that be that like there's a there's a huge antenna you know that's beaming out your thing that's you know true. in actual audio engineers and somehow that's validation yeah. i don't know <laughs> no it's true it's it's so funny it, it is that 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 like that big figure because like yeah it was like radio was so huge to a lot of us growing up you know yeah um but yeah so awesome um well, yeah, Dimitri, thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again in the future. I think this was a fun chat. And, and, oh, any um, any time. I'm you know I'm now so used to doing this. That that's awesome. It seems to become a, a a bigger and bigger part of my life. I'm I'm doing one. I'm I'm recording with a guy tomorrow that whose book I'm I'm writing about for the reader. Uh, so yeah. it's yeah yeah it just seems to be part of part of the deal now. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. But um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad we finally, it's been, you know, apologies for not, for taking a while um, yeah. to get with you, but I'm glad we finally connected, you know. This yeah, is, no, I appreciate it. You know, it. Every little bit helps. And yeah. uh, I, know, I know we all are busy, have a million, million things and you have to be flexible about yeah. stuff like this scheduling. Yeah, no, this is fun. So um, yeah, everybody. So Paint by Numbers. I'm a, I'm a big fan uh, now of Dimitri's work. I encourage you uh, to, to all pick up a yeah. A I'm, copy I'm of very it. curious to see what if, what people will make of that book. It's oh, sort it's of awesome. a little. It's, it's a great. little bit of a left turn for me. I feel like I don't know. It's 
uh, people always used would say, and I, I guess it was a compliment that like my books were easy to read or clear. And this one's uh -huh. a little bit less clear. It's a little bit more muddy. And uh -huh. I don't, I don't connect to, as many dots as I do in the other books, you know, people are kind of left to draw their own conclusions. Oh, I think it's great. I think it, Thank I think you. it's awesome. So um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely picking up a hard copy myself. So I'm going to sweet be ordering one of those. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Dimitri. This has been fun. We'll have you on again and um, yeah, best of luck with, with all your work. And, and I'm jealous that you're, that you're uh, not on social media and it's an inspiration. You, you can do, I, I didn't invent that. You can do it too. <laughs> in, in five easy steps, just, just, I'll say, give me your credit card number and I'll send you three easy steps to, to become a success. Just like me. <laughs> Perfect. You heard him folks. Okay. Dimitri Samarov. Thank you so much um, for being with us today. We'll talk soon. Take care. Kyle. Okay. All right. Bye.